Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. Welcome back to another episode of Cameron Reads Comics. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Dark Knight's Metal. Now, I should just open up and say that I did not want to read this book. I am not a huge fan of DC Batman-centric events. I just think that everything they're doing and everything they've kind of done in the last 10 years has been about Batman. And... I'm just kind of tired of it. So for this Batman event to just be like, okay, let's make Batman into a villain, but also those villains are every member of the Justice League. I didn't know how bad I wanted to deal with that. And then they're like, okay, the pinnacle of the whole thing is going to be Batman-Joker collab. And that was the last thing that I needed to get my interest. So this was not quite a series I wanted to read, but... um. You know, I started listening to some Scott Snyder interviews. I I started to read Scott Snyder's Justice League run. And, like, you know, really the DC Universe moving forward after this. And I realized I, it wasn't a title that I could skip out on. So, for people who want to know really about uh, the accessibility of this text and how much you really need to know... Um, you really... Okay, so you need to have read the Scott Snyder Batman run, a.k.a. Batman during the New 52. Uh, if you want to know what happens, because it's the same writer-artist team that was on that text that starts there and then kind of just carries on throughout that universe. Um, and, like, the reason I chose to read this is because the entire trajectory of the DC universe after that is affected by this story. And, like, I just wrote down a list. This is off the top of my head. It's you know, I haven't read every single title that DC has come out with since Dark Knight's Metal. But off the top of my head, this is as many titles as have been affected by this. So, Scott Snyder's Justice League, Batman Superman, Batman Who Laughs the Miniseries, Year of the Villain, the sequel event, DC Dark Knight's Death Metal, which has now gone on to affect so many other things and led us into Infinite Frontier. So... This event is a really big deal, and like the universe keeps getting affected by the parameters that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo have set up within Dark Knight's Metal. And so I was like, I was reading some of the titles. You know, I didn't read all of them. I was reading Justice League. I was reading Batman, Superman, Year of the Villain, and other stuff, and Infinite Frontier. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. I just went back and I decided I was going to read this. And here's a funny story about just the collector in me: is I was collecting and buying these books as they were coming out and I caught like all of so many tie-ins and so many everything in the series. And I never read them. I literally sold them. Cause I was like, I know these are worth more money than just sitting in this box and I'm never going to read them. And so I read them online. These are all through the DC universe infinite app and I read them all online. And so, um, and I also just kind of wanted to see the hype of Batman who laughs because I think that character is kind of dumb. He's actually kind of my least favorite character that's popped up in the last couple of years. And so I wanted to see at least where did he come from? What's all the hype about? So, you know, I, I picked this up and honestly, guys, if I'm being hundred percent honest, I wasn't disappointed. Like I, I had the bar low, so I was actually very pleasantly surprised with how much I like this book. Now, let's go into the story, but before we do that, I want to just read you a list of how many issues and tie-ins I read, because when I, when I read this series, I'm like, I know I can't just read you know, the DC 
Dark Knight's Metal 1 through 6. I knew there's a bunch of tie-ins, and so I didn't read all the tie-ins because they wanted it to span across, but I was like, these are the ones that I believe are like definitely core affecting the story. So here we go. I read Dark Days of the Forge, Dark Days of the Casting, Dark Knight's Metal 1, then number 2, then a bunch of one-shots, Batman the Red Death, Batman the Murder Machine, Batman the Dawnbreaker, Batman the Drowned, Batman the Merciless, Dark Knight's Metal number 3, Batman the Devastator, Batman Lost, Dark Knights, Batman Who Laughs, Dark Knight's Metal number four, then number five, Dark Knight's Rising, The Wild Hunt number one, and then finally Dark Knight's Metal number six. And you know what's funny about that? Like, Can I just say, it's weird that they spelled Dark Knights without the K in Knights, and then sometimes they do. So in Wild Hunt, it's Dark K Knights, and then in the regular like titled series of the book, it's just Dark Knights as an evening. I don't know how I feel about that, but it is. I I think it should go. I think it should be said. So for me, that amount of issues to read for a single event is a red flag. Usually, my policy with big event books is I will read the event and then the ongoing series it's based on. So for something like Absolute Carnage. I was reading Venom at the time, and so I was like, okay, I will read Absolute Carnage 1 through 6, and then Donny Cates is writing that. Then I'll read the Venom title that Donny Cates is writing, because guess what? He is so aware of everything that's happening, and pretty much everything he does in that story, it's his story to tell. He includes the Marvel Universe, but everything that goes on in that story is like under his scope, and he knows exactly the chords he wants to strike, and he knows what events are going to reference one another, so... This one wasn't one of those things, and that's why it's a red flag. When it comes to Dark Knight's Metal, that was the red flag in this event because, you know, there's just a million tie-ins. Scott Snyder and uh, Greg Capullo did not work on every single issue. I think it bounced from Josh Williamson to James Tinian to uh, Peter J. Tomasi, and I think Dan Jurgens did some stuff, and Ethan Van Skyver was on art, and it was all over the place. So, um... Now, getting into the story, that was like what I read. I wanted to give you the rundown because of how thorough it was. I think it's like, it felt like 100 issues. It was just like 15 or whatever. So, now the story itself I found very enjoyable, and I want to make that clear. Um, after the New 52 streamlined the entire DC universe, as in like, you know, Green Arrow and Black Canary weren't together, and, you know, so many key interactions and relationships that we had had were no longer. So after that happened, we had an event like this and it kind of, uh, it, it, this leans in, leans back into all of those shared relationships and not in a way where it's like, you know, every piece of the puzzle was picked, picked up and put back into place after this event, but it reminded us of the broader DC universe. And I think Batman was our window into that. And so this is the Batman team that kind of really blew up the New 52. People will tell you it's the best run of the New 52. I don't know how I feel about that, but I, I liked this. This is actually a fun fact. Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo's Batman, is the run that got me into weekly comics. This was the series where I got my first poll list and my subscription, so I have a lot of love for this creative team. And Scott Snyder is a great storyteller. So that being the case, um, this Batman-centric event, like that's a red flag for me. It, you saw how many Dark Knights and how many Batman words there were in every title of every book I just listed for you. But with the whole universe being kind of like 
separated, this was a great event to bring everyone back in. And that's actually what I found to be the fun part about Scott Snyder's Justice League run, is that everyone was a part, but then he gave us the window to get everyone back in. So I was a huge fan. I'm, I'm glad it happened, and uh, this event did not disappoint. I thought it was going to be a big hullabaloo of kind of nothingness and, and use big words in broad scope, but I actually found it to be a very, very, very enjoyable multiversal it reminded us of the multiverse and i feel like i haven't read a good multiverse story like this in a long time i think people attempt at it but i think this one really succeeded you know there's multiple batman but it also it, it it had a good moment with i feel every character of of the justice league and i'm a i'm a sucker for the peripheral dc crew cast and crew the the b members the c members there's some really cool Plastic Man stuff, just like the illusion uh, uh, alluding to Plastic Man I was really excited about. There was some really cool, um, they did multiversal Batman stuff, which isn't a spoiler. Also, this came out forever ago, so consider yourself warned. Um, there's a bunch of stuff in this book that I thought was really good and unique and also well done. I, I liked it. I really did. And, you know, there's a whole speaking, there's a whole issue on detective chimp and like kind of the, the animal DC universe, which I did not think could work in a story like this. That was going to be like Batman centric, but it totally worked. So I was a huge fan of that. And I want to just credit where credit is due. Um, so the story while being Batman centric, uh, encompasses and invites in the entire universe, which is something I like. I, if we can get a broader DC universe story and I guess have Batman be our window into that, I'm for it because I, I like the broader DC universe and I want more people to like the broader DC universe. And I know that Scott Snyder does that again in his justice league run. And that's, I'm just trying to get to that point in that story. And then to see how lately Josh Williamson and, and the next generation of DC creators has kind of, have kind of picked up those pieces from Scott and how they're going to carry the torch forward. It's very cool. It's, it's cool to see his, uh, fingerprints on the whole thing. And if you guys have ever seen interviews with him, you got to check it out because he is one of the most bubbly, awesome, he he's the kind of creator who loves all of this stuff as much as we do. And that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be a part of as a fan because how we want to see our creators liking the, their creations as much as we like them. Um, okay. Let's talk about the art. Now for the art in this book, Greg Capullo is very hit or miss for some. I, I, I think that he can be really great, but it depends on the tone of the book. Uh, now I'd just say Greg Capullo didn't do the art again for the entire series. He just did it for the core issues and some of the early stuff. Um, I think as he's drawing the bat family, he is wonderful. His Batman, his Joker, absolutely great. Even, you know, I'd go with Nightwing, Robins, love it all. Um, but when it comes to the broader DC universe, I don't know how well, he would be my like perfect pitch perfect artist. That's not to say he's bad. I think he's wonderful, and I actually think he changed the landscape of modern comic art. I think, I think a lot of the stuff he's done has been really impressive. It's more good than than it is like. I don't want to say bad because that's not even the right word. It's it's more positive than like I have hesitations about. You know, so I really want to give credit where credit's due for Greg Capullo because I think. 
It literally reading his art makes me want to read or reading his art. Yeah, yeah, reading his art makes me want to go read Spawn, and I've never had that desire before. So, big shout out to Greg Capullo. I want to read Spawn because of him and what he was doing in this run. And there's a Wonder Woman cover, by the way, in DC Dark Knight's Death Metal. I really freaking want... There's a Wonder Woman cover? I think it's issue five. I don't know. I haven't read it yet, obviously. I might read it. It's a great cover, and I'm like, how he did that, I'm amazed by. Um, so I think... So when it comes to the broader DC universe, I don't know how well he fits that mold or the, or the tone, and I think this was kind of a proving ground for that. Uh... I think he always hits. And I also think one of the most important thing about his art is it's so consistent all the time. Um, there's no waiver in quality. And sometimes we see that in artists where they are spread so freaking thin that we don't get a, the, the quality material. I think in this text in particular, I thought his art was consistent across the board, even with this early stuff, which is great. And as a fan, that's what you love to see. So I think his art was fitting the tone of the story, and I thought it worked well. Um, and there are a lot of artists in this book that I thought were really great. I think um, I, I like to see the different, obviously there's different Batmen. So for each of the one-shots of the different kind of Bat characters, um, you know, Batman the Red Death, Batman the Murder Machine, uh, you know, a, bu a bunch of them. I feel like I didn't even read all of all the ones, but, you know, I, I, I must have. For all the new Bat characters, there's a different artist on each one shot, and I was very surprised by all of them. And I like to see those new tones and the proving ground for the new artists come in because uh, I think they deserve to... Everyone definitely has a different take on Batman. I feel like no two Batmans in comic book art because he has left such an impression on the industry. I don't think any two are the same. And so to see these different Bat men and then different artists' interpretations and tones of the book based on everything else going on uh, in the in the issue itself, I thought was really cool. So big props to the art. I was really happy. Okay, so now let it, let's go into the cons. And I don't want you guys to think I'm a negative Nancy on this book. I just, I'm pretty critical on event books because frankly, I don't usually like them. So this book, number one, the first thing, as you guys noticed, as I read to you, that wasn't even all the tie-ins. But there are 1,000 tie-ins. You know, I read 1,000 books to just kind of get through these six issues of the main event itself. And I don't think, I think if a main event can't stand on its own legs, then it's, that's points off for me. You know, uh, I also, again, I, I opened with this, this book effectively takes over the DC universe for the year it happens and then all the years going forward. Um, and even to the point where it's affecting what we're doing now in the DC universe and how we are interacting with these characters. And so I don't know how I feel about that because I was, I was thinking as I was writing up my review and taking my notes, I think that the DC universe, I think good events should be up to interpretation where they can exist on their own as a single event or it's like, let the audience members decide if they want to become canon because I don't know, I really don't know if this event is canon or it's not. Because I've only seen it affect Scott Snyder's books and not quite the entire DC universe. And so the thing is, with the books he was on, 
it was the mainstay characters. It was the most important characters in the entire DC universe. And so it didn't, it wasn't universe span wide, but also like it affected the whole line. So I guess that's a terrible point to make and, and how I felt about it. But I think that kind of illustrates the point of, I don't know how this event affected everything or it didn't. And I'm, I guess I'm kind of for that. I don't know. I'm still making it out my mind, but it's a con because I, I don't like the, the, the powers that be shoving continuity down our throats. I think that we should make our own continuity. Um, anyways, also last, last con. If you're one of those people that hates Batman being ridiculously OP, you're not going to like this book because that's exactly what happens. Alrighty. Let's go. La lastly, we're at the rating now. Um, this book exceeded my expectations. Um, I'm giving it a 7.75 out of 10. Uh, I didn't think I'd like this book as much as I did. So I'm happy to give it that rating. 7.75 for an event book is really good. Now I'm not going to read the sequel anytime soon, at least as far as I'm concerned. I'm a little Batmaned out right now, uh, but I'm glad that I read this. I'm glad I can move forward with it and kind of like now pick up this story and take it with me into the rest of Scott Snyder's Justice League, the rest of DC Rebirth. Um, maybe I'll read the Batman Who Laughs miniseries. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever get that far, but like I'll read Death Metal and then I'll finally hopefully be able to understand what the heck is going on in Infinite Frontier because it is above my pay grade. So remember, I'm Cameron. I know just read comics. I love them. Make sure to clobber those like and subscribe buttons as well as leave me a five-star rating, rating and review on iTunes. If you check out my podcast, Cameron Reads Comics, new episodes every Wednesday. See you next time.